Well, well, well. Good morning. Greetings. It's 3.34 my time, 8.30 your time. The time change with us in the summer has really taken a toll on me. Frankly, oh, I'd like to gosh. take a minute. It's oh, like you're on the opposite side of the world, basically, and you're expecting to record a podcast with me. I just think that there should be some sort of consequence for you basically on an extended vacation. I'm sorry. I was just literally beachside. I'm, so, I'm, I'm just going to go right into it. I was just beachside my first day in Mykonos. Okay. Literally, I paid 40 euros to sit on this lounger. Oof. And I had an Aperol spritz. I had a stunning Greek salad, fresh tomatoes, red onion, feta cheese, turquoise warm water, Something and the sun I could on make my skin. In my kitchen, yeah. Okay. And I'm sorry, but I benevolently left my lounger I'd paid for, packed up, schlepped back to my hotel, got my laptop up out, set up my (laughs) mic, okay? Talk about like a woman sacrificing for the good of other women. Women supporting women, okay? Young women sacrificing. (laughs) Malala could never. Greta Thunberg wishes. I am back here recording for the pop apologists. It's amazing the feminism that you're championing by leaving your lounger on the beach. It's just uh, called giving back, honestly. I did think that because you texted me and you said, is is 8.30 still good for you? And I, I did feel like there was a little bit of like hope that it wouldn't be good for me. No. Um, it was I, it was more just confirming. Like, do not make me like retreat well, from this idyllic experience if you if your ass will not be ready on time. Right, right, right. Well, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm sorry you had to leave your lounger. I hope you can get back to it in an hour. Let's you pray. Know. Let's let, hope. let us really, hope. Let us hope. Let us pray. Okay, well. Happy Tuesday, as they say in corporate America. (laughs) Gosh, it's been so long. I know. Thanks for reminding me. How are you doing, Chan? What's going on? Um, I'm doing great. I, um, you know, I'm coming off the heels of my birthday weekend and uh, I'm feeling amazing, truly. Sorry, Ben is right now texting me about how uh, he paid me. You're talking very slowly. Uh, slowly? I'm doing great. Okay, then there must be a delay because I'm not. No, there's talking. not a delay. I'm just mean. Let's pick up the pace. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, I'm doing great. I don't know. How are you doing? I'm, it's like any. <laughs> I got to work today. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to spin this. I got to do this. I got therapy, and I got to work. I'm just saying. Got, let's not speak at dilly dally. Let's not speak okay. at 0.5x speed. Let's Sorry. get to the point. How are you I doing? Re- I was receiving text messages from Ben about his $18 acai bowl. So I could tell. I could tell you were distracted. Yeah, I'm doing great. It's Tuesday. It's great. <laughs> like I said, I'm coming off the heels of a birthday weekend. I'm going to just pretend like I just did, like did like a drug or something. I'm great. I'm great. I'm doing great. <laughs> I don't know how many times I can say I'm doing great. I'm not in Mykonos, so that's for damn sure. Let me hear how your weekend was. And let me hear your – I'm sorry, your birthday. Okay. I want to hear about your birthday. Okay. I had a truly fantastic birthday. Yeah. I, I really am not trying to like spin anything because it was actually a, an excellent day. I've had birthdays before where they were like just all right mm-hmm. slash had like a meltdown. And I was like, it, it ended up being a great day with lots of reflection or just a birthday where I like had like a crystallizing moment where I was like, I don't like the place that I'm in. Right. I never thought yeah, I'd be t- here at 24. Right. At, at 24. Single at 24. It's like, what's more normal than being single in your 20s? Must, must I go through one more Christmas alone? I'm 19. Right. I literally <laughs> used to think those words, like literally when I was 20. Oh, um, no. You would say to me, it's just so hard <laughs> to be the one who's alone. It is. And not. Okay. I'm like, you're fucking 22 years old, Chandler. Well, I'm, I'm so I'm so sorry that you have not found the one who's with you at every holiday, at every family meal and engagement. It's I'm not so great. sorry, but let's not cry your river. It's just there's something about receiving presents when you know you're just like snuggled up next to mom and dad that just, it's not the same when you don't have you know a partner at the holidays. Um, so forlorn. So anyways, okay. And yeah, I would like to think I, I had a fantastic birthday and honestly, a lot of it was because of Ben, but I do think that I'm also like in a really good place in my life. Not, I don't need to wax poetic about it, but I let, let me just start by with a little disclaimer that I am a recovering birthday. And I think you should start calling yourself that too. I think we need to name it and call it what it is. Well, no, I am. I'm not a recovering. I'm fully a birthday diva and okay, it's fine. So- 
But I just want to say, I'm going to interject and say, at 26, I had moved, graduated from BYU and moved home, had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Courtney actually used the phrase failure to launch to describe me. I moved home. I was broke. I had, I was seriously, it was one of the darkest years of my life. Was this before your job at Stance? Yeah, so before before I had figured anything out, like I had come to the cruel reality that no one wanted to pay me to be a poet, and um, this was really hard. Right. And so I'm not trying to make this about myself, but I'm just trying to say, no. contrasting that with you, moving to New York, incredible job, years of corporate experience, like so so much going for you. You have a great boyfriend. You just like – you are the complete opposite of where I was at 26. And so I'm very proud of you and you should feel oh. really good about your life. Thank you. Thank you, sis. Honestly, I, I do feel really proud of where I'm at. But I remember literally my birthday two years ago. Oh, this is actually a great story. I'll tell it very quickly because, you know, got to pick up the pace. Um, <laughs> basically, this was during my first job when I lived in L.A., um, sorry to use that phrase because not everyone hates oh, it. But mm. during my first job, and Lauren, you know how terrible that job was. I've talked about it. It was a good job in a lot of ways, in a few ways, in the sense that it was my first job, gave me a lot of experience, taught me who I was, like, whatever, however I want to spin it. But it was truly a, a miserable job. So it's literally the week before my birthday, and I was on something called a pitch, which is like the most intense working hours I've ever experienced. It's like, it's basically when the agency is trying to win new business. And so you've got like, you know, you, you, you always get kicked off a little too late. Creative always does because strategy and account take too much time. Sorry if I'm alienating. We're in the else. weeds. We're in the weeds. Yeah, no one sorry. can understand the story. No one, can, no one cares. Line. Okay. Anyways, my executive creative director, who's like head honcho, is, comes up to me and she says, we want you to work on this pitch that's starting next week. And I am at the point where I'm like, I mean, I'm already, I already, I've, I've been, I had just finished like a shoot that day. I'd been working on another like crazy regular project. And I was just like, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to tell her why this gives me, like, nothing gives me greater despair than the idea of working on this pitch. It would literally mean that my life, my weekends, out days would be over. Like, I would emerge from these projects, like, with years off my life because you would work till 2 a.m. every single day. You'd maybe get, like, a half a day off until, like, you had, like, until you'd be working to, like, one of these meetings. Anyways. On the weekends. Awful, awful. On the weekends, yeah. And then you're just, like, a zombie. But then they like they like cater food and it's just it's like you live at your job you live at the office for like two to three weeks. So she goes, we want we really she's like excited. She's like, we really want you to work on this pitch. Like we think it's gonna be great. It's totally your brand. She's like talking to Faith. And I'm like, it's my birthday next weekend and I've got plans. And she's like, it's my birthday next weekend too. Stop. Yeah. You're yes. I'm not kidding. Like, and she's saying, I'm also gonna be working. Yes, yes. She goes, it's my birthday next weekend too. Honestly, that bitch belongs in jail. I'm sorry. I'm like, you make 500 grand. Shut up. But I, I'm literally hashtag lock her up. I'm out of. I will hold I rallies for. You. And it was like I was seated with all my like my friend Kelly, my friend Sandra, like everybody, like all my f- girlfriends who were like working, who we all worked with, like where everyone was just kind of like, huh? Like it was so awkward because it was like, what do you say? I had like <laughs> nothing I could say, so I was like. Okay. And then I remember on my birthday, working like crazy, I got to sneak out and I got to like leave for like half the day. I came in. So you did work that weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah. I worked the whole weekend and like it was, I mean, yeah. I look back at, yeah, I I was really just like when people were posting photos of me for my birthday, I was looking back at my like time, the photos people posted from when I worked there. And I like, I feel like I had like, I, I, I was like swollen as a person because I was so stressed and I just like, truly hated my life so much well because you worked so much that you just like you couldn't have any sort of like health regimen or like self-care routine even Mm -hmm. just like eating was like such a source of pleasure I even feel like that's why I love working from home so much is because I get to really like control like the foods that I eat so that I can like feel really good and like eat healthy all throughout the day and I think before at my job I was like okay I'm going to the office I don't know when I'm going to get to leave so I just my mind as well I I, like I didn't know how to like plan to like nourish myself or like exercise or anything and like I think that is one of the biggest reasons why like working from home works so well for me well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you it'd be strange at the office to be like, oh, I don't really have – I can take the next 40 minutes and do an exercise routine on the floor. Like people right. would not right. enjoy that working next yeah. to you. Even though it's totally reasonable to be like, okay, like my day's like heavier in the evening or it's heavier in the morning. So I'm going to like plan around that to like be a person, right. be a human. Anyways, so that's a little quick anecdote to show that I've had some rough birthdays in the past. Um, okay, let's hear about this one. 
Okay, so anyways, it is – let me set the scene. In the words of Casey Musgraves, I'm so excited about her new album. I was cautiously optimistic but because I truly was in a happy place. But you never know what demons are going to come out on your birthday. You just – you never know. And mm-hmm. I'm in a happy place, but my belongings are currently in on a cold warehouse floor somewhere in Northern California. I am staring down the barrel of going to live with mom and dad for the next month. Okay. And I recently had to use a zip patch on my decolletage. Hmm. So, like, there were still some things that I was – still some potential triggers. Right. Um, for sure. And some landmines that I needed to avoid. But it was supposed to rain on Sunday. And, like, New York's kind of weird. Like, sometimes it's going to rain and then it never does. So – but I wanted – had wanted to go to a pool and we ended up just going on Saturday just to – because just to take advantage of the sun. And I got my pool time in. I got my rooftop situation, which, you know, is important to me. So Sunday I wake up and it's pouring rain. And I'm like, okay, just let, let the rain fall down. It's fine. I'm coming clean. <laughs> I did like have the lyrics of Alanis Morissette and like running through my head, but I kept hearing them and I was like, it's on your birthday, right? And But no, the song is like, it's like rain on your wedding day. <laughs> like, oh my okay, gosh. So like, it can't be that dramatic because it's just my birthday. Um, and also I think the rain took some expectations like naturally down. I was like, okay, it's going to be fine. It's going to be a chill, chiller, cozier day. Right. So I woke up and the sweetest guy in the world had McDonald's breakfast in bed for me. And it was truly so sweet because I had mentioned like months ago randomly that mom and dad used to do that for me on my birthday. Like, you know, I would, I just have this like really, and they would do it all the time. Like I have this really distinct memory of like living at our old house in Laguna Niguel and, you know, dad coming back from like whatever and like working out in the morning. And he was, he brought me like McDonald's pancakes and a McGriddle. And it just became this really visceral, like moment that I like associate with my birthday and then I and he did it for me yeah I I I feel like that was honestly like a you thing like I feel like dad did that for you on your birthdays I think so I think he probably did it once and I was like okay this is now my birthday tradition all online (laughs) well what's really sweet is Ben texted me like a week before your birthday asking for the specific McDonald's order talk about thought talk about yeah talk about true care and love it's amazing I really, like, realized – I was like, okay, this is a guy who really listens, who really, like – and his birthday is next weekend, and I'm like, okay, pressure's on. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyways, it was really sweet. And so it was perfect little surprise really just started the day off, like, right. And I was like, okay, like, I felt really happy. And even though they did cancel our dinner reservations, moments later, like, literally as we're eating a griddle, they're like, we've canceled your dinner reservation out of, a, you know, an abundance of caution. For um, Hurricane the, Henry. For her, yeah, you know, it was a hurricane. I'll be honest, it was a hurricane. It wasn't just rain. What's well, a little rain? It was the restaurant was in Brooklyn, which I guess like has more flooding than usual, or like the systems are or the streets aren't really set up for like a lot of rain, sadly. So they like had to cancel it. But it's fine. It's totally fine. We made reservations somewhere else and being great. So dinner reservations are canceled, and I'm like a little bit bummed about that, but it ended up being fine. All of my friends came out, like, braved the rain and went to my friend Wilson's house to have, like, cake for breakfast, which was absolutely darling and really fun. Like, I I feel like I just I, – I had this moment where I was like, I have so many – I actually have so many great people out here and I'm going to be just fine. Like, it's a little, like, scary to move and maybe that's starting to dawn on me that I'm, like, moving across the country – but I'm really lucky and have, like, so many wonderful people. And so then I, like, went off to have my, like, just solo time, solo shopping time. I was the only person walking around Soho in this hurricane. And I looked like a <laughs> lunatic. Uh, but I'm like, it's my day, okay? Oh, my gosh. That's it's so my funny. Day. Just Taylor Swift playing through your AirPods, just beaming, Loving, looking up at literally. the clouds in the city. Just like, this place is amazing. It's the New greatest York. city on earth. <laughs> It's like everyone's like shuttering their doors. <laughs> She's feeling 26. Oh my gosh. Totally. Like really this, this psychopath on E, like walking through the city. Literally. She's like, oh, it's such a wonderful day to be alive. <laughs> the place where I get my aura photo taken usually is like a line around the corner. Just nobody was in there. <laughs> That's because like, Hello. Like, everyone else was like buying supplies in case there was like an actual <laughs> right. hurricane. They were Literally. going to get their aura photo taken. <laughs> Aura photo. Oh my god! It was fine. It was just a little rain. So I got my aura photo taken, which was a gorgeous experience. I've realized that I'm the person who will tell people, will offer up the information that it's my birthday because she was like, your Yikes. aura is really one of the- I know. She was like, your aura is really bright. And I was like, don't say it. Don't say it. And I was like, <laughs> it is my birthday. <laughs> oh my gosh. The worst kind of human. I know. No, Actually, and then I, the I, worst. I know. I know. I know. 
I was like, I honestly like my takeaway from that experience was that like you like you gotta chill out. People are gonna start hating you. It's gonna be less charming as you get older. Well, because but... most adults don't care that much about their birthdays right. and don't think that much of it. They're not psychopaths like us. But continue. I know. I know. So my aura was really bright. It's actually in my Instagram if you want to uh, look back at that and just like take a moment to appreciate how beautiful it was. She did say that I think I'm really happy, but that next week I'm going to need to be more private. And that's what she said. You're really happy, but next week you need to be more private. Right. So that's why I posted all my Instagrams Strange. for the past few days. Okay. Yeah. Just I'm going to need to keep to myself more. Um. Okay. So anyways, that was my like my afternoon and then – I got ready and we went to dinner, but before dinner, Ben like had all these, he'd gotten me this like beautiful bouquet and then he had all these other like cute little gifts wrapped that were just like so darling and it was, it was so fun. Just like seeing the thought and like the, he got me like a few like funny gifts and then he got me this like sweatshirt I've been dying to get from this like meme account and yeah, it was just truly a perfect day and we went to dinner with our friends Candace and AJ and yeah, it was just truly perfect. So I had a really good birthday and I feel like I've already talked about it so much. I do just want to say that Stacy and Melissa Venmoed me, which was like, I do not deserve people like this in my life. Straight up. You told me this already and it's ridiculous. I'm going to roast you on this podcast. It makes me cringe a little bit, but I do think it's a great thing that you have advertised the fact that you love Venmos humorously okay. and you have enriched yourself because of it. I, I will say I did do that in tongue in cheek. I did not intend to receive these, but it is very sweet of people and I feel extremely lucky. Did you send them back? I did not send them back. <laughs> did not send that would them be back. a no. That would be a no. I did not them back i'm sorry i'm a birthday diva I'm oh my worst. gosh no i think it's hilarious so funny and so incredibly generous and i can't believe anyone likes anyone that much i know truly. yeah you also venmoed me for my birthday would you think i was going to send that back well no because we all memo <laughs> each other for each other's birthdays that's like the birthday tradition is we all just memo each other it's, it's so thoughtful it's i actually i tried to get a birthday gift arranged for you and organized between me you me mom and courtney multiple yeah. times and then I was going to get you that jacket that I got from Sandro. Oh, yeah. With the flowers. Yeah. But then you you didn't act like you liked that much or you like meh about it. And so I was like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to buy more. So it's all anyway. good. I I really appreciate it. I think also like it's really hard to get people like, like gifts. I don't know. That's why I really quickly just I thought, yeah, Ben, like it was really nice of Ben to be like so thoughtful and get me like all like fun, cute stuff. That I like had mentioned or something that was like it's really easy to get someone a gift card it's and that's amazing. what I typically do and I was like oh I need to be better at gift giving anyways we w- wanted to talk on this episode about like Instagram and Instagram filters and sort of our like perspective on it I if you remember Lauren did a story like about a month ago all about Meredith Marks and Denise Richards and like these crazy warped photos that were filtered till kingdom come or whatever and we got a lot of really interesting responses when we were asking uh people about how they felt about filters or how like they feel like instagram has you know shaped their reality right Um, and so yeah we wanted to like do a full episode where we like get into those responses and discuss it so yeah that's what we're gonna do it's so interesting because i feel like unless I feel like there are people and there are certain people in my life who have just chosen to abstain and they truly seem like healthier, happier, more well-adjusted, better people to me. Like everyone in my life who has completely abstained from social media seems mm-hmm. so much better off for it. I know. Unfortunately, we do not have the willpower for such such celibacy. Honestly, I've thought many times about like, hey, what if I just like fully go off my personal account and only do pop apologists, which is like, which could be a thing. But like... <sighs> I don't know. And like this kind of actually goes back to another like what you texted me about earlier today with like, should I post this picture? Of, and you like have this gorgeous photo you sent me of yourself in Mykonos. And I'm like, first of all, I want to say like, hell yeah, you should definitely post it. You look amazing. And like, I'm so grateful that I've been the times where I like was out and about. And I was like, it's probably annoying for people, but I'm going to post because I just want to like have the memory. And I'm so glad I did because I love looking back at like my study abroad and like I don't know. I love having the record of my life on Instagram. And that is so embarrassing to say. I don't know if like people are going to like literally shudder when they hear that from me, but I think it's really, I just have like really fun moments from my like 
20s or whatever, like in just like my life in college, like on Instagram. And I love that. No, it's totally true. Like I look back at like vacations Kagan and I went on and there were times when I – like I was off Instagram when I I took a vow of no more social media. Mm -hmm. I was going to enter the forest, the Eden of not caring and being a better human. Anyway, it lasted like three months. Unfortunately, that three months was when I went to China with Kagan, which was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And I literally wish I had – documented it more. And like, I love Mm -hmm. looking through our stories of when we were in our trip in Europe in 2018. Like, I love, like, I love having high def videos of all that stuff. It's so fun to look back. I I was thinking, I I got a new computer and I was like loading some photos onto it. And I like, obviously all my photos from iCloud from since whatever the beginning of time loaded on. And I was like, I never look at these. Like I just look at Instagram. Like if I want to just go back, like right. I just go to Instagram and and I don't even really use my like, I don't look back in my camera roll because it's also just, you know, such a black hole of like screenshots of like stupid recipes. And I mean, and it, so I, I just, I, I like it for that reason because it's highly curated. Like what I've posted, it's highly curated from like really fun moments in my life. Exactly. And that's actually like the value of it, I think, is you don't have to go through and clean out your camera roll and select the best photos and, you know, upload them to something where they can all be together. That's literally – you're doing it – exactly. You're doing it on the fly essentially naturally. And So if you like Instagram.com, sign up using our code (laughs) at checkout. Thank you. you. Please tell Mark Zuckerberg that you were sent here by Pop Apologist by his employee yes. Chandler Bledsoe. <laughs> it's so true. So anyway, it's just a fabulous platform. I couldn't recommend it more. Okay, Chan, this has been a great episode. Great no. episode. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, there are so many. There are so many pros of being on social. Yeah. Like another thing that's amazing is all the like. I feel like I have genuine friends, actual people I chat with on our feed, on our account, on my normal account. Oh yeah, and like the, I actually feel like I have a relationship with these people. Like I talk to them more mm-hmm. than my actual like real life friends. Well, and and just like finding a community of people who care about this is like really I'm sounding so corporatey, but. We like found a community of people who care about the same stuff that we do, who also think Emrata is a terrorist. And like that, we wouldn't have found that otherwise. Right. It allows you to really connect with other humans, which it actually is amazing and really fabulous. However, unfortunately, I think like like many positive things, it's a double-edged sword because just in the way that it naturally motivates you to kind of bear witness to your life Ooh. in a more like permanent way that's way too like convoluted but you know what I mean it forces you to like record those things and document things and save them for the future Mm -hmm. but it also the double-edged sword part of that the dark side of that is that you also in the moment are thinking about how you're going to document it and how it definitely takes you away from like being present. And honestly, yeah, go. I don't want to derail what your thought that you were getting to, but I do have something to say. Sorry. No, that's exactly it. Like it yeah. like and a lot of times when I'm thinking about it, when I'm in moments, I will think about like all Instagram totally. will be part it's of my thought process of super being natural. Yeah. Yeah. Being uh, in the moment during certain things. A thousand percent. I I feel like that a little bit on my birthday. Like I I had so many sweet friends who like posted stories about me. Like not so many, but I had like a lot of I had a lot of friends who posted <laughs> I sound say this, it sounds terrible. I had great friends who posted about me on their Instagram stories. And I felt like I I don't know. It was like I, I I wanted to just like be present and just enjoy the day. And I felt like I didn't want them to feel like I was – I didn't like it because I didn't repost it on my story. And it just kind of like created this like extra layer of like – and I'm so like grateful for those friends and it was really sweet. And I ended up posting reposting it all the next day. But it was like – I felt like I had this like – I don't know. There was like this total internet version of my birthday that I know I needed to like address and get to. Which isn't that so – like, and I wanted to post, like, different photos from it. And that almost, like, weighed a little bit on me during my birthday. I was like, okay, tomorrow I need to, like, reach out to these people and tell them thank you and that I love them and, yeah. Well, you and I are different in so much that I like to post things in the moment, yeah. and, like, as I'm doing it because it's actually part of that enhances things for me. Like, I like to yeah. think, like, oh, my gosh, this is insane – snap a photo of it, post it, and then hear back from people, oh my gosh, that's insane. Like I like that. Yeah, I like doing it 
in the moment actually. Mm-hmm. And I find that it doesn't take me out of it. Like maybe it does a yeah. little bit, but I don't find that it's a big deal. For me, it's actually be more work and feel weird to like go back through everything and then like post it later. Huh. Okay. Like yeah. that, that for me is like not my style, but yeah, I can see what you, I can see what you mean. Like you yeah. the thought of the fact that you were going to do the internet version of your birthday was like a thought for you during the day. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So basically, yeah. anyways, <laughs> Instagram is a part of our life, like it or not. It's right. there on our birthdays. It's there in, in everyday life. And yeah, so I think like it, we have to address like the negative effects that right. it's left. Well, and I think one of the most toxic ways about it is the way that it is changing the way we see ourselves. And I can tell you, and like, I think we should just jump into this. Yeah, let's I can do it. tell you that I fully have insecurities about the way I look purely because of being on Instagram mm-hmm. and doing like front facing camera like videos. Like, I'm yeah. now, I feel like I see my face so much more in diff- different kinds of lighting, different angles. And now it has created so much insecurity where there used to be total blind ignorant confidence (laughs) right right it I think it's just it I completely agree I think that's why I'm like I'm so nervous to do the front facing camera I I don't feel like I like look amazing in everyday life all the time like I usually I have like greasy hair and like don't really wear a lot of makeup and so but like so the idea of like putting my face that like my normal everyday face like on Instagram compared to like these other people who post amazing who look amazing all the time it gives me a a degree of insecurity because I just don't feel like I look like it or I'm like oh my chin's gonna be weird from this angle I'm gonna look like I've got a double chin which I like certainly do from certain angles right it's it's so it's yeah it's so bad and I think that's one of the like I'm not I don't mean to say that it's like made me so insecure or like deeply insecure or anything like that but it's just like suddenly there's these, these little changes or tweaks I'm like oh like this would look better if this was this way. And and part of it has been by trying out different beauty filters, essentially. Really? Like I'll see other people do and then I'll click on it and like see how my face looks and, and I'll be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. My face actually does look so much better. Like someone – like I'll try like like a, one of those Mariana Hewitt filters and I'll be like, someone call – Ford models. Like yeah. this shit looks good. Like yeah. let's get this girl like Gigi Hadid step aside. I, I think you can like you yeah, you can quickly see how making some small fine-tuning adjustments to your face would like completely change it. And maybe a way that you would find to be sexier or prettier. Exactly. It's like, oh wait, actually if I had bigger lips and a smaller nose and eyebrows that were a little more like foxy and mm-hmm. skin as blemish-free as a rubber sex doll, mm-hmm. like I really would look phenomenal. Yeah, totally. And like I feel, I feel like before all we've had at our disposal was like good lighting. Exactly. Which, like, only goes so far. Like good lighting is everything, but like good lighting doesn't take away blemishes necessarily it doesn't blur anything like it it, or it doesn't I guess actually good good lighting doesn't enhance and like your cheeks or your make your nose smaller or lift your eyebrows right it doesn't distort it enhances good lighting enhances but it doesn't distort and I think when we have now these beauty filters that are so pervasive where they're using computer imaging and AI and computer mapping essentially to distort your features to mm-hmm. make you conform to these ideals. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But I think it's – let's, like, talk about what people actually responded with because that, to me, was what I, what I mentioned in the Patreon was, was the most fascinating. It was, like, how we're not alone. How so many people are, like, aghast at the rampant use of filters and what it and, – and are also trying to understand, like, hey, what is it doing to me and how is it, like, deceiving our reality? I sent you a photo from Stassi Schroeder from Vanderpump Rules right. last week where she had so clearly facetuned Bo. I don't know if she facetuned or maybe she used a filter, but, like, his face, like, it was not, like, I don't even know how to articulate this, but, like, his skin was not skin. It was, like, it was, like, the facetune blur. Right, skin. right. And it was a close-up of her face and his face, and she did not look very filtered, but he looked so incredibly filtered, and I'm like, how did you not look at this and think, oh, that doesn't, he looks like... 
he's got like a an animated character sheen on his face now right like he doesn't look like a real person and like i I just could not believe that she posted that well what's interesting about it is like how is it normal how is this normal how is it normal that we're posting things where we literally the bow thing he just looked facetuned like smoothed yeah he looked smoothed his skin looked smoothed like incredibly smoothed he didn't suddenly have like angela and jolie's nose and lips but his skin just looked like bizarrely smooth and And, the color was strange yeah right i also think facetuning anyone other than yourself in a photo maybe he asked for it i don't know is like also strange to me just like uh, when you post that photo if like yeah i think it's super rude to face yeah face tune someone I else i highly doubt she he asked for it but yeah it's such an interesting experience one of the things that i read about online was like talking about how for people that frequently – so there are people and influencers who just use these filters exclusively. Like they're basically their entire persona is fake. Like it's all distorted. Mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. photos they post, whenever they're like on, on camera, it's always through distortion. And what I think is interesting about that or what I read that's interesting about that is that people who do that, these influencers, they have massive anxiety because they know that they aren't actually the person that they're purporting to be essentially, if that makes sense. Like there's an anxiety because Mm -hmm. they're like – they're falsely portraying themselves. Yeah, yeah. Right. I I think it's pretty normal to to worry that sometimes like your real life isn't as pretty as it is on Instagram. But if your face straight up looks different – on right. Instagram that it does in real life, like it's another level. So this is what th- this article by MIT Technology Review, the quote is, people are putting up information about themselves, whether it's size, shape, weight, whatever, that isn't anything like what they actually look like. And in between that authentic self and that digital self lives a lot of anxiety because it's not who they really are. You don't look like the photos that have mm-hmm. been filtered. For the price, or I guess for the prize of meeting this insane beauty standard that's totally not real, you're like creating all this anxiety because you know that you don't actually live up to that persona. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's so problematic. One of the other things in the article that they talked about before we get to the responses is the idea that like 14, 15, 12 year olds are using these. And I think that is what's so dark. It's like, that's that's what's incredibly dark. We're adults. We like know what we look like, like right. the good, the bad, the ugly. And we've, we've formed our identities based on reality. Like we right. never had any of this sick shit going on. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine going through the turbulent puberty, like hormonal years of your life when you're becoming an adult, growing into an adult, mm-hmm. going through mm-hmm. all of those awkward stages. They're so emotionally violent already at least my years were, like yeah, so angsty, yeah. so difficult. Yeah. Just so and insecure, then, honestly. So insecure. so insecure. And adding yeah. a new layer of having Instagram filters tell you that your natural face is not good enough, it's just so just messed up. having version of a face that's good enough. Right. One of the um, things – I mean, oh, go ahead. If you, like literally when, when we were teens, we would just post photos unfiltered to, to Facebook in like an album. Like in and out, yeah. that was the level of curation. Just That's like, oh, right. here's here's twenty five photos of me outside of a movie theater before I saw Harry Potter, <laughs> which is literally was one of my albums. Hundred percent, like twenty five photos from the same four minutes. Just yep. no, no one even knew what a filter was. No one edited pictures. Right, like back in the MySpace days, all you had was a DSL, like. Can't, I mean, photos from an actual point and shoot camera mm-hmm. uploaded with a USB have- stick. Maybe you put a sepia filter on one of them, but that was it. <laughs> and everyone knew what you were doing, bitch. Right, okay? right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just so interesting. I mean, now I'm just down this rabbit hole, but like I just remember how amazing it was to me when I realized that you could take off acne. Like right. with Photoshop, like I was like – I. Somebody had a computer had a computer program. Uh, someone had a com- had a computer – like I don't know what software it was, but I was like – like I think I was in maybe early high school or I was like, wait a second, you can take off acne? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just retouch it for you really quick. And I remember right. like being like, what? Mind blown. Like that was the – and I was like, that's crazy. Well, and I think what's – I think what's interesting about it is like is like the temptation 
as a young woman, as a girl, essentially as a child going through puberty to use these distorting filters on social media to make yourself look good, especially when all of your friends are or look like a Bratz doll, when all mm-hmm. of your friends are doing the same. I don't think I would have been able to resist that temptation. No. And no, so no. I would have experienced the acute anxiety of knowing that whenever I went to a family function, whenever I went to church, whenever I went to anything, everyone was going to see my real self and I would not measure up to the person that I had I had posted because I just know that right. I, I would not have been able to resist and I would have right, experienced right. that anxiety. Right. And it's just so difficult because I'm already just like thinking ahead about like my future kids and I'm just like everyone's going to have a phone. Everyone's going to have a phone. All of their mm-hmm. friends are going to have a phone and all I want to do is keep a phone out of their hands until they're like 16. Well, I think that I, I think that by the time you have a 15-year-old or a 12-year-old, I just think that I don't know. I wouldn't even cross that bridge mentally because I think every sort of reckoning. Yeah, I think there absolutely will be. And I think we had one of our dear friends responded to our Instagram conversation and said, filters are tacky. Like everyone knows you don't actually look like that. Like it's embarrassing. Like how about that? And I do think that there is a certain attitude like about Instagram. Or I I do think that attitude is actually – very good. Yeah. I think that so many of the influencers that I'm seeing are not, don't totally fit the, like the classic beauty standards. Right. And I hope that sort of helps to even out the the perception of like what can be beautiful and, or what, what is worthy of like celebrating, which I think when we were growing up, there was like one body type that was pretty and that was Misha Barton in the OC. And that was it. And I think that like now- like that's being blown apart. There is a certain chicness, actually. I, it's so funny, but there is a certain chicness to going filter free, don't you think? Yeah, like there definitely. is a like it's like a distinct decision. I think that a lot of people make, and it's like a vibe. And I very much respect it. You know what's interesting is how imagine if they had a body filter. They had a filter oh, yeah. where it would cinch your waist. Obviously, they do have these. They must because the Kardashians use them. But if it would dramatically cinch your waist, slim out your legs, like make you into a Victoria's Secret model, imagine the backlash. Like right. haven't we as a culture said that it's actually unacceptable that, to think that all bodies should look the same? Like why right. is there not the same standard and pressure applied to faces? Like all faces mm-hmm. should not have to look the same. Right, right. It's so funny that you bring that up because I was actually just listening to Kim's like interview on I was I finally listened to the Kristen Bell and Monica Padman one with her. And she I just she was talking about how they just like show it all on on keeping up with the Kardashians. And I it just like made me so annoyed because I was like, Yeah, okay, you show it all, I guess. Like you do show moments where you don't like look like the nicest person, but you also like highly, highly curate your body. Like it's one thing to like I don't know, like I would I'm not articulating this well, but she like talking about how like they're these like crusaders for just like showing it all and being so real and raw, but then like knowing that they also like, like literally fine tune their bodies and the way that they look and the things that they post on Instagram, like to such a degree that's so toxic, like made me not like her for like, I don't know. I just, and I like love Kim and I do like the Kardashians, but I, yeah, I was like, oh, you're not actually this like champion of raw beauty and realness. Like I, let's be clear. Let's be clear. I'm sorry, but when Kendall mm-hmm. Jenner is cinching mm-hmm. her waist, right. our, like no wonder girls are suicidal. Like no wonder the pressure is like threat level midnight. Like yeah. it's just, it's absolutely gone. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. And it's not okay. And I think when you have these celebrities that are putting out this version of themselves, that's so completely like, that's so completely warped and curated and different from reality. I do think that it causes like such, it's such a bad standard to set and it erases all the, any positivity that the Kardashians had in terms of introducing Definitely. like a more realness. Like, more, yeah. yeah. Like a because more shapely body right, into the right. mainstream as like being yeah. hot or whatever. Yeah. Because if anything, like their body, what, what their bodies are are like it's not like it's a real woman's body also it is it like i guess it, it is curvier so it's not as emphasis the emphasis isn't so much on being thin but it's not necessarily a real woman's body because a real woman's body is not 
that much of an hourglass. Well, that's the funny part is it's like, okay, great. We don't all have to look like, we don't all have to look like Kate Moss or Nicole Richie or Lindsay yeah. Lohan stumbling yeah. out of a club. Like we've exited that heroin chic phase. Thank right. goodness. But what now the new, like the way to be hot otherwise is to have like a BBL and mm-hmm. like get mm-hmm. lipo and get completely so there's morphed. Two, there's two bodies. Right. And that's like, I don't know. It's that's like ugh, this is why I love Courtney Cruz, and I love like Vivian Horn. I don't know if and these are just like influencers who I feel like have like very normal shapes and who are not fine tuned, you know, to hell. And I just like I think they have like truly real women's bodies. Well, and the reason why influencers like that are so important is because of representation. It's because right. they represent a woman with a shape that is very real and human, being super happy. And mm-hmm. feeling good about themselves, and and be- this is sorry. Go ahead. Well, and living like a beautiful, happy, glamorous life, like and that right. it's it can be celebrated, and they're beloved, and they don't have like the that they're they don't look like Nicole Richie or like you're saying exactly. And and this is maybe this is terrible, and I don't know. You can tell, you can cut this out, but like and and but they're also not like they don't and they're not classified as plus size. Right. That's not their brand. Isn't like, oh, I've accepted my body. Right, 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 right. And like, I don't, I just don't want to alienate anybody. Right. Like it's just like society hasn't, society hasn't put them into a box. It's like, you're accepting your body and that's, yeah, your whole brand. It's like, oh no, you were just a beautiful person. This is just a beautiful person. And and if that is their entire brand, I think that's a great thing. Like, cause that does so much good for the world. And so I'm not anti that. I I just think it's super positive when there isn't also that label attached to every single person who doesn't have, you know, the body that whatever. It leads back to like what Meghan Markle said in her interview with Oprah. And like, it's a weird tie back. But like when she said that there's a story that she reads to Archie where it says, if you can see it, you can be it. And Mm -hmm. there's this idea of like, of children of color being able to see like a little prince of color, essentially, and know and seeing that equality. And that's why representation matters so much. It's like the picture of the child rubbing Obama's head. Like if you Mm -hmm. can see it, you can be it. If the only representation of a certain body type or a certain skin color or something is, is negative, then it's hugely problematic. Or if it's just not included. It's hugely prob- problematic. So, so anyway, I think oh, that's you, why like, I represent- you bringing up that kid being like hair like mine with Obama. Right, and it makes me like want to cry. Well, and that's why what Bethany Frankel said on her Instagram. She said it's important for women. I, I go filter free, and I post the reality because it's important for women to see that aging and being a human being is not something to be that should be like like you shouldn't feel like you have to hide it and that's mm-hmm. what the problem with these Denise Richards photos with these like crazy edited cyborg avatar photos is what it says is and what it communicates is that I'm not good enough and yes yeah. like someone DM'd and was like it's easy to say that when you're young and whatever but like also Yes, it is easy for me to say that, but it doesn't make it not true. Right, right. So anyway. Yeah, I think – and also, like, I hope to – as I, like, I want to age gracefully and I hope – like, I'm maybe that's, like, a toxic term. But, like, I want to age and continue to, like, not filter my face and just, like, continue to look like look like myself at every age. Yeah, I'd like to go on the record and say that when I am at every age, I hope that I – am an example of happiness and positivity and being well adjusted to that specific age and time yeah. and season of my life like cue the yeah. Fleetwood Mac like like right I think that it's super valuable baby. to other people mm-hmm. to show that you are a happy well-adjusted person yeah yeah okay anyway let's get into the responses because they were super super interesting and I think that if there's anything that this episode can do it's just show you that if social media wreaks havoc on your self-esteem that just literally means you're a person on social media because right. everyone is feeling it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, someone writes, I teach middle school and even at 12, girls feel like they need to alter themselves to be liked. I'm So sad. Yeah, horrible. Someone said, I don't even think it's beautiful. Everyone looking the same, where's the uniqueness? Yes, I totally could not agree more. It's terrible. It makes everyone have the same plastic face. Yeah, I, 100%. And we all know unfortunately, those people, I think, who have gone down the rabbit hole and it's a slippery slope and it's not always the greatest look. Um, Someone said, I want to look like myself in my photos. So when people see me in real life, I look better, not worse. 
Yeah, I love that. hundred yeah. percent. I don't know that I want to need to look better because it's going to be really hard. <laughs> it's going to be really hard to look better. Just but I would, like to, I would like the people to be able to know that it's the same person. That's the yeah, goal. Definitely. Or like, <laughs> yeah, totally. So then your other question that you posed was how, has, excuse me, how has social media beauty culture impacted you? And then this is where, like, I feel like we just got a lot of, like, really real responses. Someone said, constantly comparing my body to a bunch of teens on TikTok. Oh, my God. It makes you question your face, LOL. Like, what? Why? We have all – we have beautiful, unique faces. What's crazy is that comes from my friend. And I won't obviously say her name, but one of the most stunning faces I've ever seen. Like, actually one of the most – like, the idea that this friend is questioning her face – is wild to me. I've become an insecure ager. I'm in my 30s. Wrinkles should be no biggie. A hundred percent. Like that's a, yeah, it's so toxic. Definitely thought I was the only one with pores or acne for a while. Says yeah. another person. Yeah. This, this theme I'm thinking about phobia of aging. Right. My self-esteem has never been lower. That's what another yeah. person writes. Ugh, so sad. It makes me feel insecure because I don't have perfectly placed freckles. And I'm very freckly and seeing people with perfectly aesthetically pleasing freckles on Instagram. It's like, what? Because they're like filter. They're filter freckles. I actually had the thought. I was like, I should just get laser on my chin and on my forehead so that my freckles are like the freckles in the filter. I've had that thought. It's terrible. It's seriously sick, but maybe a good idea. Okay. Um. (laughs) Lauren, you just undermined this whole episode. (laughs) Just kidding. Keeping it light, okay? My bank account has suffered. Yeah, it's so interesting like to think about how much we spend on clothes and jewelry Mm -hmm. and probably just all this stuff like because we know we can show it off on social media. Right. Like that's a very real thing, which I'm definitely not immune to. Um, Even when I put makeup on, I think why do I not look as airbrushed as celebrities? That's the interesting thing. It's like if you listen to our episode with Ariel Laurie, it's like celebrities are getting facelifts at 40, like Kim Kardashian, like allegedly, all of these brow lifts, all of this plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Then they're taking photo, they're getting professional makeup done, taking photos in perfect lighting, professional photos, and then having them edited. We have just got, we have gone on Jeff Bezos' skyrocket and we have left the stratosphere. <laughs> I know. It's absolutely like sickening. And laughable at the same time that we would, like, even compare ourselves. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's absolutely insane. It's like comparing yourself to a character, like, in a video game. Like, that's literally if you compare yourself to celebrities on Instagram, that's what you're comparing yourself to. Okay. And one person writes, I literally stopped using social media for over a year because of how depressed it made me. It fueled so much self-hatred to see such edited pictures that were masqueraded as reality. Even mm-hmm. now, after over a year of therapy and social media abstinence, I still can't use my real Instagram account. Mm-hmm. I use this Finsta and only follow Bravo celebs and very close friends. Yeah. I've so been there. I've so been there when I felt so low and I felt like and all Instagram did was like basically make me feel like my life was terrible and like yeah. everything – like I didn't have a boyfriend. Like I what didn't live in a cute enough place. Like I didn't have X, Y, and Z. I wasn't whatever and – a hundred percent. I totally feel that. And this woman writes, so I'm, I'm, tw- I'm a 25-year-old woman. Just like this is – yeah, this is really, really sad to hear. And it's just – you guys, like if you feel this way, you are not alone. Yeah. And you need to know that. Okay. It's giving me a phobia of aging. Had a deep neck contour surgery last year, Botox and fillers. Okay. This person doesn't say whether the surgery looked good or not or did well. There's no before and after photos or surgeon information. I'm a little resentful. Just kidding. Lauren. uh, (laughs) I'm joking. I'm keeping it light. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting plastic surgery. I I got a nose job. Like I can admit like there's nothing wrong with plastic surgery. Truly, I think it's just like it's the combination of plastic surgery and filters. Like we're this is this episode is a war on the war on filters, right? uh, A la George Bush or sorry Ronald Reagan war on drugs, whatever. Oops, this is not the war on plastic surgery. This is the war on filters. Well, and that's I do think that's I want to make that distinction because someone wrote in and they were like, "Well, plastic surgery isn't real. Like if you're saying real is beautiful, then like what's real about plastic surgery?" And I think what what the difference is if you're getting something surgically changed you were you are you're bound by the limits of physics 
of like what a a human doctor can actually do and that Mm -hmm. change is actually perceptible by other people in real life and it's it is changing your actual body it's like getting your teeth fixed like getting braces on your teeth like that straightness it's not just in photos it's actually your teeth get straighter Mm -hmm. and if there Mm -hmm. is something that bugs you and there's a surgical fix for it and you have and you can swing it go for it we're totally pro getting stuff done if it's going to help your self-esteem. Right, right. We're not anti that at all. I've had something done that really helped me. We're not anti that. But I think what we're – but the difference is these filters are distorting pictures that are simply for the sake of communicating the idea that you look away that you actually don't in reality. That's totally different. Yeah, that's a lie. It's a lie. It's a digital lie. Mm -hmm. Whereas one is actually changing reality. Well, and – yeah, go ahead. Well, and so yeah, one is one is dealing with the truth and trying to make the truth conform to what you would like it to, and the other is just literally lying online about how you actually look. And also, I think like our aim with talking about plastic surgery on this podcast is to normalize talking about it. I think like I have a problem with people who get plastic surgery and then say they're just all about real beauty and they don't acknowledge their plastic surgery. Right. Like that's another thing that we like we wage war on. But, like, I think that we need to normalize. If you get plastic surgery, just be open about it. There's nothing wrong with it. And that's, like, I think that it's about being truthful. Truthful about about the deck of cards you were given and what you're working with. And everyone doesn't need to have, like, everyone doesn't have to have a disclaimer about everything they've had done. But it's about an attitude of just being open and honest rather than trying to portray yeah. something that isn't if that makes sense. I realized this would like undermine Bella Hadid's whole brand. I, even if she just like admitted to like yeah, I had some work done on maybe she has like but if she is has it would admit to it, I feel like it would be it would do a lot of good for it would for society. It would move us forward a few steps. I I agree in a certain respect, but then I think Ariel Laurie said this on the episode with her where she said like but imagine if Bella Hadid did admit it and then when all these teenagers would be like oh my gosh okay I need a brow lift I need a nose job I need like a chin implant well, I need like, then it's like well I, I don't think teenagers are going to be able to get plastic surgery very easily like I say this as a teen who got a nose job but like I don't think teenagers can get the full suite of plastic surgery like yeah. very easily so whatever if you grow up thinking I want you know I, I to me that at least knowing that and like Knowing that is like a reality and it, I don't know, there's something like that's slightly better to me than, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm trying to get at. No matter what, as a teen, you're going to feel insecure. Okay. And you're going to feel like there are things about your face, your body that you want to change. That is just so normal. I don't think any teen is just like, I'm all about real beauty. Right. You know, I don't think it's an understanding you get to until maybe you get a little bit older. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that them thinking that they want to get plastic surgery is any different than just like not liking their bodies in general, like, which is pretty common as a teenager. Right. I think though, like, and I understand the devil's advocate argument, which is like, okay, so we kind of normalize like teenagers now get nose jobs all the time. Like basically seniors in high school or like get boob, jo- like boob jobs are pretty common pretty early no, in life. Got a boob job. I didn't know anybody who got a boob job in, as a, in a high school. Maybe like, not. Are, Maybe college yeah. age boob jobs are normal. Sure. That's, that's normal. Yeah. But then I think it's like, okay, that used, the none of those used to be normal. And now what if then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like brow lift and lip filler and a nose job right. and a boob job by the time you're 19 are totally yeah. normal. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's where I think it does get into a slippery slope. And yeah, it's like fair. I would prefer a world of like a – what's Sutton's daughter? Oh, my gosh. I don't even remember. Like It's something – it's like might as well call her Jane. She's so pure. Right. I prefer yeah. a world of Janes than a world of Delilah Bells, okay? Yeah. That's yeah. my feeling. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I to- I agree. I think I, I agree that I think that's the most ideal, but I, I don't know. To some degree, it's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a brave new world we're living in. It is a brave new world, and I think we have to keep having open, honest conversations about it and keep reminding ourselves that the thing – Social media, you guys, it's not real. Like if you're comparing your life to social media, you're comparing your life to people's highlight reels that are highly curated. Like even my Instagram, like I only post I'm on vacation essentially. Like so if you looked at my feed, 
like all you would think I do is go on vacation. I don't post like pictures on my like treadmill desk essentially. Yeah. Like I'm not like yeah. I'm not like posting slow pans of my office or I guess sometimes I do of my couch because I do love it so much. <laughs> but anyway, like Yeah, it's just, a highlight. I mean, I don't yeah, I I also do the highlights for the most part. Yeah, and I think that's totally I think that's totally normal, but we just have to remind ourselves that that's the case and not compare and, you know, and to keep having these conversations so that we don't let it impact us negatively. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Do you have anything else? Just keep the dialogue going. I agree, Lauren. Let's keep the conversation going, you know, keep an open dialogue, yada, yada, yada. Um, Hold space, blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) I I just want to say that this conversation is like maybe pretty heavy, a little bit triggering at times for people. I had such a fundamental shift in my mindset when I started following people who had bodies similar to mine and who had bodies that I like that made me feel great about mine. So I would love to put drop some accounts right now that you should follow. I love following Vivian Horn and I love following Courtney Cruz. I mentioned them. They both have like beautiful bodies and they're also truly like real, I will say, and very open. Like Courtney Cruz just got veneers and she was very open about her teeth journey. She didn't just like all of a sudden have like a pearly white right. chompers. And so yeah, I, I'll, 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 we'll put some more like on our Instagram story when we launch this episode. But there's also some accounts you can follow that are all about like showing, comparing celebrities to like before plastic surgery and after plastic surgery, which I found to be a little helpful. It's like, okay, that makes sense. So, and those are like celeb faces is one of them. So yeah, if you want to start to curate a little bit of a better Instagram feed, I would recommend doing things like that. Absolutely. Examine who in your life, like who you're following. If their content consistently makes you feel bad about yourself, me and you have let's just say you have to follow them, okay? Because it's your boss's wife or whatever. Yeah. Mute. You the power mute. of the mute button is phenomenal. Yeah. Get it out of your psyche. You don't have to be reminded every day of something that bugs you or someone who bugs you. Right. Mute them. And if, yeah. and fill your feed with people who, when you see the content they produce, it doesn't ruin your day. It actually like makes you feel better about yourself and about like life in general. And so mm-hmm. 100%, you absolutely yeah. – there's so much you can do in terms of muting and choosing who you follow to make your social media experience something that you don't have to abstain from in a monkish way. Right, right. Thank you, y'all. Thank you for enduring my birthday retelling as well. I appreciate it. This was super fun. Or this was a really good conversation, Chan. Loved hearing about your B-Day. And okay, you guys, this week's Patreon episode, Chandler and I are answering more questions of the 36 questions that lead to love. So if you want to hear those answers, if you want to hear more about my time in Portugal. I already recorded my portion of that episode. We're actually recording each solo. So it's going to be like 25 minutes each solo. Mm-hmm. Check out the Patreon this week. And then Chandler, I am going to be out of town next week. I'm going to be off no. the grid. Yeah, I'm going to be steering the ship. Let's hope I don't, you know, run it into anything. Let's steering this carnival cruise so let's go we'll see i am very excited to listen to the episodes of pop apologists like like a listener next week i'm going to have a mystery guest on the podcast who i'm very excited to have on so would you know what you're doing for the patreon i will be just telling stories uh, about you Um, it's it's an episode all about you and yeah just that type of thing so gosh do not give me that kind of anxiety (laughs) enjoy your vacation Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, Love you guys. Love you. Also, one, let me just throw add in here. Please, y'all, leaving us a a five star review, leaving us any review, I suppose. No. But a five five star review. If you leave us us five stars, leave us a five star review. You actually like this podcast. If you're liking this free service that we're finding, if you're liking this free service that's finding its way to you every Wednesday, please leave us a review. And it's a simple thing, you don't have to write much. A, a few paragraphs will do. Right. Leave us a review and, and please share the pod. Share it with your friends. Tell them to listen. You might have to tell them 10 times before they do. But right. if there's one thing in this world that you can do to make it a, a better place, it's to tell people to listen to Pop Apologists. So thank you. <laughs> That's all for now, folks. 
Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at popapologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley, and I'm Jennifer Chaikin, and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.